Stuttered my brother was handy. Hey, fantasy, inception. We talking touchdowns, receptions, interceptions. They got a band to kick her. We need that correction. Talk mouth, we flexing. How many of y'all you collect? We trying to get that winning record. Fantasy. Yeah. What it is, hope. We back, we back. What it is, hopefully, is what it should be. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy and Session, the podcast. Today is March the 4th, and the boys are back in town officially this time. You know what I'm saying? As always, wherever you listen to this at, make sure you follow, subscribe, etc., etc., and etc., etc. How y'all doing today, boys? Feeling great, man. Ready to get the show on the road. Yes, indeedy. Javar, what's going on with your playboy? What's up? What's up? We back. I'll do it. Can't wait. This is my favorite time right here, the offseason. I like to, you know, figure out what player I want, what player I'm high on, try to get them for the low, you know. So AKA, I love AKA which player Javar gonna talk about all summer. <laughs> all summer. I mean he Man, got a schmilling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how many championships that won you? Which what, one? Schmilling? The guy that rhymes with Schmilling. No, just like Javar in general, like your buys, your buys and sales. Mm. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, bro. I, I, I was talking if, about Javar. If if oh. Diggs was my buy, I believe Diggs was my buy, and uh, he won me him and Allen. I was high on him and Allen all last year, and they came. Lie, but Javar know he'll make up a lie on the spot, boy. Who was my buddy? I think Diggs was my buy. Probably <laughs> Marvin Jones or something like that. Nah, negative, negative. All right, man. Um, as always, man, we want to give a special shout out to all the fallen kings and queens out there. Um, special shout out to Brianna Taylor. A uh, special shout out to the George Floyd law being passed the other day. Was that yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, man, we want to give our moment of silence out to them guys. Anybody that's lost a life this year, moment of silence. And we back. And we back. All right, man. We back with another episode. The first a special uh, episode. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, as you probably already know now, I guess you can read the title. Uh, we got uh, my man Marcus Grant, um, NFL writer from sport, not from sports, from NFL Network, uh, one of the hosts of Fantasy Live. Uh, let me bring him back. Bring him on. Yeah, we bet. Welcome to there the show, is. my man. There you go. What's going on, fellas? Good to be here. Hey, hey. Great to have you, uh, Marcus, man. I am a huge fan of you, bro. I, you know, I still remember coming home from work and watching um, NFL Network, like, when I was first, like, beginning to play fantasy football and seeing y'all guys on there, man. Like, it's definitely an honor to have you on, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's weird because I, I just finished my 10th season there, which yeah. uh, never would have, like, I didn't. You know, I never, I never imagined doing fantasy football like as a job. So to be in one spot for ten seasons is is sort of amazing. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm fortunate. Awesome. I'm really fortunate. Yeah. So I was Got reading. I saw you had um, you started fantasy football your freshman year. Like, what was that like? Yeah. Well, so I, you know, I'm I'm a little bit older. Uh, I started my first. So I, I was a freshman in college. And was working at the student radio station. And one of the seniors came up to a bunch of us and he's like, hey, you know, I, I got a fantasy football league. You guys want to get in? We're like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, it was a chance to kind of meet people, make some friends or whatever. And it's like I, at that point, um, I didn't know much about fantasy football, but I felt like I knew a lot about football. I'm like, all right, this should be easy. It should be all right. So um, 
you know, uh, I think there's like one spot left in the league. And so like me and two friends figure like, well, we'll just we'll combine. We'll just take the one spot. So, uh, you know, this is before the Internet was a big thing. So we went out to like the book student bookstore and like bought a magazine, like a Street and Smith's <laughs> magazine or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it went up to the draft. Uh, I remember our first pick was Dan Marino. Um, wow. You know, and this was so I mean, one, this was like before. This wasn't it wasn't wild to pick a quarterback in the first round back then, right? Like people mm-hmm. hadn't really clued into that sort of thing. So it was like, all right, picking a quarterback in the first round, like nobody laughed at that. Nobody called you dumb for doing that. Yeah. And you know, and even though, you know, this was sort of towards the end of Marino's career, I mean, you could still expect a dude to go out and throw for you know four thousand yards, something mm-hmm. like that. Like it wasn't a big deal. Um, I don't remember who else we had on our team. I just remember uh the one one girl that was in the league who was she was the girlfriend of the commissioner and she was from Boston and she really only knew Patriots players. And this mm-hmm. was like I said, this was the mid nineties and the Patriots weren't really all that good. They were like an okay team at best, but she had Drew Bledsoe, uh, Ben Coates and oh, wasn't Curtis Martin. I can't remember who her running back was, but like she had those three and like, she made the playoffs and we didn't. That's all I know. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> like, like, it's funny because you know, we're still friends. She still lets me know about that. Uh, but that's the time when we were you know, freshmen all these years ago that she she beat us and uh, she made the playoffs and we didn't. But it was wild because you had to – you really had to be up on it. Like um, we had to physically call in our lineups. So like, you know, on Saturday night, we would call the commissioner and on his answering machine – like leave what our starting lineup was going to be. So like, and then if you woke, like if you woke up on Sunday morning and somebody was a late scratch or got hurt, like you had to like scramble and like call yeah. a dude back and like leave another message. Be like, all right, so you got to take so-and-so out and put in so-and-so, um, you know, then on, you know, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, you would, we get the, the LA times, we get the newspaper and yeah. like go through the box scores and like try to like, you know, hand tally up what our, who our points were. We didn't necessarily know who the other person, yeah, we didn't know who our opponent started necessarily. We could kind of oh try and guess, God. but we, That's so crazy. like, you know, it was wild. And then like, you know, the, the other part of it was the commissioner lived off campus. So like he would give us the updated stats, you know, when he came to campus, but like sometimes that might not be till Wednesday or Thursday. So we would go oh a few days God. before we knew for sure if we won or lost or what have you. Um, yeah, you had to be really dedicated back in those oh days. To play that sounds insane. Were you allegedly like, playing for money? Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't much. I mean, I was, you know, allegedly. 17, 18 years old. I was broke. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, I think the three of us pulled together like, you know, 30, 40 bucks to like get allegedly. in the league or something like that. But it yeah. wasn't much. <laughs> Man, me personally, I check my lineup on Sundays at least 50 times you know, throughout the day. So <laughs> the fact that you guys had to wait to Tuesday and sometimes Wednesday to get your scores, bro, I would be going crazy. I'd be going crazy. I, I'd be yeah, hitting the commissioner like, up every other second. Like, hey, bro, uh, did you get that touchdown? How many points I got now? <laughs> it's, <laughs> like, it's, just, it's funny, too, because, like, now – like, I used to be like that, right? Like, especially when I started this job, I would be the dude who was checking my lineup, like, all the time. Um, I sort of got to a point where it's like, you know what? Once the games kick off, man, I got no control. So it's like I'll set my lineup – uh, and I generally won't check it again. Like I'll check it, you know, maybe during the Sunday night game, maybe during the Monday night game. I've learned to just let it. Cause I just, 
I got other stuff going on on Sundays. Like, I don't need that yeah. kind of stress in my life. Checking to see, you. you know, when somebody fumbles or something like that. Like, I, I've learned to just kind of let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Wait. I feel you, man. Like, when a highlight just flashed across your screen and this your player, you're like, wait, that's 70 yards, touchdown catch. That's like, da 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 You got to get a map in your head. Except here's the thing. Like, it always feels like, it's like when I play, it feels like I never see the highlights of my dude scoring touchdowns, but I always see the highlights of my dude, like, fumbling mm-hmm. or throwing an interception yeah. or, or something. Or your, like, opponent, or your opponent going off. My <laughs> opponent, yeah. I always see, like, you know, if my opponent has some dude who's, like, you know, scoring his third touchdown of the first half, like, I see that all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I can't figure out, like, it's like, is my dude even on the field? Like, I don't even see him. Like, what's going on? So, we end up with 10, 10, 10 targets, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, man, so it, it's not a lot of news, you know what I'm saying? This is normally the part of the so- show where we get into some of the news and notes. It's pretty much the draft season of the NFL. I think we got what two more weeks until free agency starts officially, about a week and mm-hmm. a half. St. Mm-hmm. Patrick's Day is, uh, I think, the official start of free agency. Let's I can't go. wait. I can't wait. Is any of your like okay? One more random question: Who is your favorite free agent right now, and where do you think where do you want him to go? Ooh, um, probably Allen Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. you know, look if I had if I had one wish, um, I would actually probably use it on like you know ending racism or something like that. But if I had a whole lot of wishes, <laughs> one of them would be to get Allen Robinson a good quarterback. I mean, just. I mean, look at look at who he's had to deal with in his career, right? I mean, he went from Blake Bortles to Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, throw some Nick Foles in there. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, maybe a lot, two years ago, I think it was, like Trubisky got hurt and Chase Daniel came in. And I tweeted half jokingly that Chase Daniel might be the best quarterback Allen Robinson has had, like, in his <laughs> NFL career. And, like, people got mad and, like, jumped in my mentions, like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Two years later, like, I stand by that statement. Like, he, yeah. Chase Daniel might be the best quarterback. Ain't yeah, too far off. Right. And you go back, even go back to college, he's at Penn State, like, Christian Hackenberg was his quarterback. Like, I just want – and through it all, A-Rob continues to prosper. Like, he is right. still, you know, a wide receiver one and still goes out and balls. So, like, what could he do – if he had a legitimate quarterback. So I think he's the guy that I am most sort of curious to see where he goes, because it certainly sounds like he is done with Chicago. I think he's done with the Bears, but I just want to yeah. see where he goes. And I, and I, ho- I hope he gets himself a good quarterback. For where, where do you want him to go? Where's your dream destination? So what I had thought, and I don't think it's going to happen. I, so I, I say this, you know, admittedly, look, I, I went to USC and I'm a little bit of a, a homer for USC guys. So part of me was like, hey, how about the Bears re-sign A-Rob, they go out and they get Juju out of Pittsburgh, and then they bring Sam Darnold out of – because I want Sam Darnold away from the Jets, man. Like, it's just – it's just – I don't know if Sam Darnold can be a great quarterback, but I know it's not going to happen in New York, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. let's go get him somewhere where he can have a fresh start. And if, like, look, if he goes somewhere and the situation is right and it just doesn't work, then that's on him. But I'm like, look, let's put him with Juju. Let's put him with A-Rob. I would love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen. So in that case, um, I don't know, like uh, maybe where where would he go? Arizona, Uh, you know, pair him up with D hop maybe and Kyler Murray. Um, I don't know if the price tag works. You know, I've I've heard talk about like T Y Hilton going to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe send him to, to Indianapolis, right? Like the Colts. Yeah. The Colts would be in a nice spot. The Colts could use some wide receiver help. You know, I mean, they don't have a true number one there in Indy right now. Um, Mm -hmm. although the question becomes, 
the Eagles would be interesting, right? Eagles, uh, the Eagles would yeah. be a nice fit for him too. I know with Indy, the big question is like, can Carson Wentz be fixed? Like, if the if they if they, if, if if no one can fix Carson Wentz, it doesn't really matter who's there. But uh, Indy and Philly, I think, are two two interesting spots. Is Carson broke is the question? But let's get into some of the news. So we got Big Ben. He agreed to restructure his contract. Uh, he's coming back for his 18th season. Is he is he old news? I pretty much don't care about Big Ben. I mean, he looked like it towards the the, the the stretch last year, man. Like he looked bad down the stretch, man. Horrible. So I guess we'll we'll see this year, man. But I, I think he might start off good again next year. But then as that wear and tear, you know, gets to him, then he might fall off again next year. So. I like it as far as his uh, the, the wide receivers and Ebron. Yeah. Ebron was used usable a couple games throughout the year, so I like it for those reasons. But as far as targeting for quarterback, I'm not buying it. I can't do it. I mean, we started using the W word with Big Ben at the end of the year, right? I mean, it was, yeah. he, was he was washed near the end <laughs> yeah. of last year, um, and even then, like I don't, it makes me worried about some of his receivers, right? Like. Like Deontay Johnson is probably the one guy that I trust the most. Um, mm. But like we were kind of half joking that that Ben turned Juju into a tight end, basically. Like it was just like it was like a lot of short. Like the worst thing in the world in fantasy football is having your wide receiver catch the ball and like the blue line of scrimmage line is still on the screen. Right. Like that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. um, and that was what Juju did a lot. It was a lot of like, you know quick slants and three yard outs and stuff like that. And like, that's a hard way to live. I mean, at least Deontay Johnson got, got some more downfield throws. I mean, Chase Claypool was nice in spots, but um, he was, he was either like a dude who got you 30 or he got you six. Right. Mm. <laughs> so like that, that sort of worries me. Like if what we saw from Ben last year was a dude who just can't throw the ball, you know, outside the numbers and push it downfield. Um that's sort of bad news for everybody in that offense. Yeah, I think we can all agree that he's still a better um, option than Mason Rudolph and. Um, oh yeah, no, no, and Hodges, Hodges, you know what I mean. they're they're he's still going to throw the ball a lot. I mean, it's P- in PPR they'd be wide receiver two, three, and a lot of flex flex. They'll be usable. Volume helps. That's, yeah, no doubt. Definitely upgrade in the floor. As it's yeah. Well, Dwayne Haskins uh, finished into the season as a starter. So that wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't. That, that wouldn't surprise. I don't. I don't know. Is, is Dwayne Haskins actually good? Like, do we know yet? I know he's not bad. I don't think or, so. I think. Or, or do we his care? Attitude, his attitude is getting in the way of us really like. Listen, yeah. judging his skill set, you know. Listen, if a man cannot go to the strip club and review film on a Monday. <laughs> where can he go if that's what you're going if that's what we're getting mad about now what no what? it's not the only thing though man that was like the last straw though right <laughs> that's the last straw come on he's reviewing the film he was watching the game <laughs> <laughs> i mean he was watching something like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah he just he didn't do himself any favors right i mean it's if you're gonna if you're gonna you know if you're going to make the coaches upset off the field, like you better ball out on the field. Like he didn't play well enough to do all this other extra. Exactly. That was sort of the problem for Dwayne Haskins. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't give him a chance either, man. Give my brother a chance. Yeah, no, he had like four struggling. chances though, didn't he? And like Washington, three different coaches. That whole organization is, I mean, I think they're trying to turn it around. Um, I hope so. I, you know, I think Ron would have a name. coach. Um, 
They should be the Washington FC. They should have just been the Washington Football Club. They could have leaned into the whole soccer thing. They could have done like scarves, like a soccer. They should have just been the Washington FC. Yeah. Um, now you got this weird FT thing, and now they're trying to do a whole like I don't know, just yeah. <laughs> the Washington FaceTime. <laughs> I just think WFT is too close to WTF. W- yeah, yeah that's, that's what I, my mind automatically sees when I see that. Too, so. um, Jared Cook was released. Uh, you think he gets another shot? Probably. Uh, possibly, but how do you feel about for the well? Until they um, put in a quarterback that we can't talk about, they tight end. Never mind. You know, it's Jameis um, Winston. Oh, sure no, I mean, I, look, I know folks are starting to get excited about Adam Troutman. People, people love Troutman when he got drafted. Uh, obviously, he was kind of behind Jared Cook right there. But um, you know, look, there are people who are part of it is that we are thirsty for tight ends. We're just so thirsty for tight end. So, like anybody with a pulse who gets, you know, more than five snaps a game, we're gonna somebody out there is gonna give him some love. So, you know, there, there, there are at least no obstacles to Troutman getting an opportunity this year. And he has a chance to be the second guy if you know Sanders not there, possibly third guy, third guy. Oh, Kamara, you're right. Never mind. (laughs) Uh, uh, The Vikings released Kyle Rudolph. Speaking of tight ends, um, Big Irv. That's the news around Twitter. Hashtag let Irv swerve. Let's go. <laughs> I didn't even never heard that one. That was hard. Hashtag let, let Irv swerve. <laughs> Wait two years for this moment, man. Let's go. Uh, the last thing I got is that the Texans have resigned David. David Johnson. Um, they let go of Duke Johnson. The, the real Duke. The real David Johnson is back. Uh, the real DJ. Um, I like DJ going forward next year. Yeah, he had a couple. He was, he was actually like, ser- serviceable last year. Like yeah. he, he, he stayed healthy for the most part, and I think he did what pretty much people were expecting him to do: was would give you like consistent RB two numbers. Is Deshaun Watson still collecting mail? But yeah, I was well, just about like, to say that. Just about to say that. <laughs> that's gonna have a large impact on. on he might get a lot of volume, but without a good quarterback, he's not gonna have a lot of scoring opportunities. So it's yeah, it's gonna be might be tough for him. That whole offense, like everybody in that offense, is dependent on on what happens with with Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. right? And I and I've been you know I've been liking my Cook shares now. It's just like if Watson gone, I mean, but Cooks have Cook have done well with multiple quarterbacks and multiple schemes. So I guess I shouldn't be too worried about him. But still, still kind of. I don't, I don't understand. Like, did Brandon Cook steal somebody's bike? Like, why does he keep getting traded? Like, why is he <laughs> keeps getting passed around the league all the time? Like, I His mean, head hurt. he's a good, he's a good player. Um, you know, everywhere he goes, like you said, everywhere he goes, he's successful. He's productive. Um, you know, you don't hear any stories about him being bad in the locker room. Right. I just don't understand why it is. He keeps getting bounced around from team to team every year. The that injuries. is a great point. That is a great point. Injuries. I mean the injuries. Nobody, nobody's going to give you a long term contract if if you're going to, you know, what I'm saying, if the, your next hard hit could put you out for your career, you know what I mean? Like for the fourth, fifth concussion. That might be true. anybody though. Yeah, but true. this is like your fourth, fifth. Like it's not no coming. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather go spend that money on somebody young that has no concussions. This is that's a, you know what I'm saying. That's just that's did he get traded to the Texans last year or was he um a free agent? He got traded. He got traded. I think yeah, he, he keeps getting traded. He's not. It's not like he's not to the Rams, deals. the Texans. Yeah. <laughs> like, <you know? clears throat> it's crazy. Um, that was the last bit of news I got. Anybody else got anything? Nope. Good. 
All right, man, let's get into the show, man. So what we here for, we got Dynasty, Buy Lows, uh, Buys and Sales, Buys and Sales, something like that. Uh, so what we going to do? We go, Huh? Got to let the guests go first, of course. All right, man. So we're going to start. What you want to start with? Buys and Sales. What you want to go? Do like a little right. round robin. Let's, let's, let's start positive. Let's start with buys. All right, man. So who is one of your so, first buys this, this year? So we kind of talked about him. I mean, right now it's it's Deshaun Watson. And look, understanding the price is going to be high regardless. <laughs> but we just did a mock draft for our podcast uh, a few days ago. And um, <clears throat> I was able to get Deshaun Watson sort of late in the sixth round. Um, like when, we, when, when the run on quarterback started, uh, I was surprised, a little surprised because Justin Herbert was the QB six. Then somebody took Justin Fields, then Trevor Lawrence. I was I was blown away that Justin Fields went off the board before Trevor Lawrence, but they all went off the board before Deshaun Watson. Um, and when I tweeted it out, you know, I, I got a few people back saying back, like, there's no way I would take Deshaun Watson in the sixth. Um, you know, that seems crazy. That seems high. And I'm like, well, Deshaun Watson went in the sixth round with – you know, he went in the sixth round last year, right? And there was a lot less uncertainty around him. Like, I, I'm still okay with him in the sixth round, but it seems like people are sort of scared off. Like, wherever he goes, dude's still a baller, um, you know? And, like, he, he he's balled out in Houston despite running for his life behind a terrible offensive line for pretty much his whole career. They keep shuffling his, his wide receivers in and out. I mean, they, he loses DeAndre Hopkins last year. Still has a great year, uh, regardless. So I have no doubt in my mind that wherever Deshaun Watson goes, if he stays in Houston, if he goes somewhere else, he's going to be a baller. And if you're going to let him fall to be like the QB, you know, eight, nine, ten, um, I'll take that all day. But me, it seems like people are scared. So at this point, like if if, if somebody in your league's a little bit nervous. Throw an offer out there. See if they're willing to kind of back up off of him, and um, you know, get yourself a, a quality a quarterback with top five upside. I'll I'll take that all day. Is is this was this uh, what kind of dra- mock draft was this? Superflex. It was just no, just a standard, yeah. you know, one quarterback PPR mock draft. You know, it was just like people just seem scared for whatever reason. Fields going over him is absolutely insane. Like, I know it's a mock draft, but even in a mock draft, like, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? <laughs> I was shook when I saw that. I was like, yeah, wow. Bro, I, I definitely right. agree with that, man. Like, a lot of people were kind of – well, not – I want to say a lot of people, but you did hear rumblings last year when um, Hopkins left that he would kind of take a step back. But like you said, man, he's a baller. He's going to find a way to get things done no matter who's out there on the field. And I just don't think that – him changing teams is really going to change that. He's still going to put up elite fantasy production. So uh, you know, the only the only that. worry I would have is if he decides all of a sudden he's just going to sit out the year. Then all of a sudden, then then you got a whole different situation to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I guess it's not. But with the, the Texans, but. what they have in draft capital right now, they will be really foolish, I believe, if they do not ship him. Like I understand they had all their picks still, but they literally don't have any picks. Or good picks at that. So you just, you, them just to, the Tex- you said the Texans and foolish in the same sentence. Like you haven't been paying attention. All right, let's go ahead. We, 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 we one of your buys. All right. So my buy is going to be a guy I actually talked about last year as a second year breakout um, player. It's the receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Deontay Johnson kind of touched on him earlier in the episode. 
but I was actually shocked when I started doing my research because when I saw his ADP, um, it's at 905. He's going after guy, and this is according to fantasy football calculator. He's going after guys like Sterling Shepard, Henry Ruggs, Christian Kirk, and Mike Williams. That right there is just insane. But he played 15 games last year, um, but he did leave early in, in three of those games. So if you just look at the stats, um, it kind of looks skewed. But if you look at the 12 games where he played at least 75% of the snaps, he ranks first in targets, fourth in receptions, 12th in yards, ninth in red zone targets, and he averaged 14.4 points per game, which was the seventh most in half PPR scoring. So you have that great production in his second year last year. And then you add that to the fact that Juju is set to leave this year in free agency, which will open up 128 targets. Now, of course, he's not going to get all those targets, but with him having 144 last year and 128 opening up, he has a chance to, you know, go even higher than 144 that he got last year. So I think that's his floor, the 144 targets this year. Um, so for the fact of him going at 905 with that production, it's just insane to me. Um, one red flag, of course, we all know about the drops. He did lead the league in drops with 12 last year, and he does need to work on that. Like, I, I do believe that. But I don't think it should scare you away to the fact that you're getting these, trying to get these other guys over him. And also, I'm old enough to remember when um, people use drops to validate guys like Allen Robinson and Mike Evans early in their career. And we all know how they turned out. They, I think they're pretty elite right now. So, Devontae not. He was another he's, one. He's, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> so don't don't get scared away from the drops. Uh, go out there, send some offers because um, you might get somebody that's down on Deontay Johnson, like the guys in these startup drafts right now that's taking Henry Ruggs over him. So that is my buy. Is is Deontay Johnson tied to Ben Roethlisberger being there though? Do you feel the same way about him if Dwayne Haskins is a starter at the end of the year? Well, his rookie year, if you remember, he led all rookies in receptions, and that was when he was playing with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. So I don't think that he's is dependent on Big Ben being there. Of course, I think that helps him, but I don't think it's dependent on him. Yeah, hey, I think Deontay Johnson is one of them guys, bro. You put him out there, he he's gonna get open. He's gonna he may drop a couple, but he's gonna find his space and he's gonna make somebody miss. You know, he's one of them guys that you want on your team, and I like it. How many teams you got him on? I got him. I I traded him in mid season, like two two leagues. Yep, had to. So fun fact. So if anybody that Javar has on his team is going to be, yeah, he's one of those guys. He's going to be a superstar. But if he gets super no excited about any player, that means he has them on at least one of his teams, at least one. <laughs> Minimum. <laughs> Go ahead. Who you got, Javar? So I got AJ Dillon. You know, my guy is 6'4", 247 pounds. Try tackling that guy. How many teams you got him on? Bro, come on, man. Let him, let him, man. Let him talk, bro. <laughs> uh, all right. So, you know, he started one game last year against the Titans where he outshined Derrick Henry. He had 124 rushing yards, which is six yards per carry and two touchdowns and 21 rushing attempts. And he also caught his long target for five yards. And, and if Jones leaves, this is all on Jones leaving. If Jones leaves, he would be in for a lot. That the uh, offense last year had a total rushing plays of 443, where they averaged five yards per carry and 16 rushing touchdown totals through the year. 
and this was 132 yards per game. Aaron Jones leads behind 200-plus carries. Uh, A.J. Dillon is not as athletic as Jones, but he's every bit of up down, upside TD that Jones has, which scored 33 over three seasons. And um, and with this, I'm just going with some more facts. Why you should be going out there and buying A.J. Dillon. He's in this offense last year. They ranked second. The O-line ranked second. The offense ranked second in total offense, first in TD score. They ranked first in regular points and fantasy points in all the players on the team. And eighth in total rushing yards, 12th in rushing attempts per game, fifth in total red zone offense, second red zone TDs, first in red zone TD percentage. This is including rushing and passing right there. So they're very efficient. They're going to score much offense. And the one most important fact for running backs is they were second and third down percentage. So he's going to keep getting the ball and keep getting fed. And uh, I'm, I, what I see here when I see A.J. Dillon, if uh, Jones Lee is taking over this spot, I see he could be a Derrick Henry or he could be, uh, uh, skipping my mind, the running back they played for Green Bay his rookie year who came from Alabama. Eddie um, Lacy. It could be when he came in. Who be going with that comparison? That is sad. He was very productive. <laughs> he said his first year, though. He said his rookie yeah, year. He, he came in. He was very productive. And you place any running back behind his O-line with Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be at least a running back, too. So you can get this guy cheap right now before Aaron Jones just leaves the building. And But if uh, and for, for, for a mid to late second right now, and – um. If Aaron Jones come back, you missed out. But if Aaron Jones leaves, you got a, a real good running back, too. Here's the thing, though. Even even if Aaron Jones comes back, I mean, Jamal Williams is a free agent, so he possibly could be gone, too. So there, there are a couple different ways. Um, I also remember last summer when that picture on showed up on Twitter of uh, of A.J. Dillon at training camp wearing shorts with ele- with legs that look like he stole from an elephant and, like, <laughs> fantasy Twitter. Fantasy Twitter went berserk. <laughs> like, I mean, dude had, like, huge, huge quads, just, like, incredibly muscular legs, and everybody on Twitter is like, oh, my God, I got to get A.J. Dillon on my roster. Um, <laughs> so, there, I mean, I think there's upside. Because even, even if Aaron Jones comes back, I just don't think long-term, you know uh, – I still think AJ Dillon's got a future there. You might just have to wait another year or so, but he's got a future. And something about plus, fantasy Twitter and, and quads is like a weird combo. And, Saquon, AJ Dillon, all of it. And, and plus, you put in fact uh, last year, new head coach come in, even with Green Bay need wide receiver help. They draft a running back in the second round. I believe the head coach when he got his guy, his ground and pound guy that he wants to get the ball to when he gets up and get the ball. And plus, Green Bay has in cap space. They still need Aaron Rodgers to get some receivers. It just makes sense to let that eleven million go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They also the same team that drafted a quarterback that didn't see the field last year. That's another thing. That's another thing. They're trying to go in. They're trying to put this in motion. Let this, I mean, this uh, Aaron Rodgers team. They don't want all that miscue. What, what are we doing at running back? What are we doing at wide quarterback now? So they just trying to go in one direct motion. So. We'll see yeah. in a couple of weeks. You'll see my Twitter going crazy if AJ. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that when I was doing like my research, my rookie scouting last year, I wasn't a big fan of AJ Dillon. But that game that he had the full backfield, or where Aaron mm. Jones was out and he, against Tennessee, he he did look way better than he than I thought he did in college. Uh, I felt like he didn't play up to his size in college, 
always bring up a play where he like tried to jump over the line of scrimmage at the one yard line instead of like trying to truck through it. But I didn't see any of that last year. The only thing that will worry me though, and I'm not sure if y'all mentioned it when I stepped away for a second, but it's just I don't see him catching a lot of passes. And like if you're not catching passes, like you like you could be RB two, but you're just never gonna be in that elite tier of options for me. So even if Aaron Jones leaves. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Derrick Henry, and, and I don't think we'll see another Derrick Henry. You know, like AJ Dillon might be that, but I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, hey, hey, I was just about to say we're gonna see, and, yeah. and you never know. It's just the scheme he was in. A lot of players, uh, Jonathan Taylor came out. Oh, he can't catch. Oh, he can't catch. Now he's one of the greatest fantasy assets. So you got to mm. go out down the line sometimes, and sometimes that big fish bite. I think. I think the thing to remember with stuff like that too is, um, for some guys, just because they've never been asked to do it doesn't mean they can't do it. Right. And I think that you talk about Jonathan Taylor, like Wisconsin, they just don't play that way. They just don't play to like they throw the ball to their running backs. Um, and so like he never was asked to do that in college. So everybody's like, well, he must not be able to catch, but it looks like he can catch. All right. It's just that, you know, they just didn't ask him to do that before. Exactly. So maybe the same, maybe it's the same thing with AJ Dillon. We just, we just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. or no. around the clock. Lowe's you would trade a mid round, mid first round for AJ Dillon. No, that's not what he said though. I said I, you can get lead, no, I'm, saying, I'm looking at the comments. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't trade it first. I would not trade it first for him, especially with the we don't know if Aaron Jones is. Yes or no? It was yes or no? No, no, I wouldn't. I would, Mr. Marcus. Mid first one? Nah, no, nah, not for AJ Dillon. All right, man. So on to my buy. Um, I got Keenan Allen, man, the 28 year old uh, unsung hero. Played 14 games last year. Um, I think he played. Like it was like 13 and a half because I remember that one game he caught a touchdown and he didn't he didn't play no more. Um I was pretty disappointed in that that lost me game. <laughs> Our Las Vegas, I keep saying Oakland. That Las Vegas game where he said, Don't sit me. <laughs> and yeah. he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one too. Uh, Dang, I, you, why did you say that? Now sorry, bro. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway, man, man, 14 games last year, 992 yards, eight touchdowns. He finished 14th in half PPR league, tied for fifth in receptions and targets, 100 and 147 respectively. Um, and he was tied for 12th with touchdowns. So a lot, I know a lot of people get on to like uh, the older wide receivers, you know, the Julios, the um, I don't know why people think OBJ is so old, but the OBJ, you know what I'm saying? Just the vets, quote unquote, like the vets, vets, the vets of vets, you know what I'm saying? And they throw Keaton Allen in that mix too. But um, I was looking at when I did my little research, uh, I don't know if you know Mike Tags, Mike Taglier, he did a, mm-hmm. a little a breakdown of wide receivers by the age bracket. So it went like 8.3% of 27, 27-year-old wide receivers finished top five uh, in a 96-player pool. 5.3 at the age of 28 finished top five in a 94-players pool. 12.3 at 29 at 65 players and 5.1 at 30. But that's for 58 players. So that shows you right there that even after 28, players are still reaching their prime around like <clears> – <throat> Like the 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 goats at if you're a goat vet, you know what I'm saying? Like the Julios, etc. The Keenan Allen's. I don't know why people don't mention Keenan Allen, um, but you know he can still finish as a top five and even as top twelve. Fifteen point six at twenty seven years old, fifteen point nine at twenty eight, and twenty at twenty nine, and twelve at thirty percent. I mean twelve percent at thirty years old. So after twenty nine is when I would be trying to get rid of Keenan Allen. So I think a lot of people are pushing the eject button on Keenan Allen early. I mean. You know what I'm saying? They're coming in with a new coaching staff. Nobody knows 
how that offense is going to work. They think they're going to pound the ball down the, their throats because they got a defensive coach. I pretty much I think out there, and so just Justin Herbert might not fly the ball through the air no more. And so I feel like if you throw a little target, you know what I'm saying, a little a little probably a mid, late first, I would even think for Keenan Allen, I think that's a great price for a stud. Uh, he's currently going in the sixth round, uh, the fifth pick in the sixth round in Dynasty Leagues behind people like McCole Harmon and Hollywood Brown and Tyler Lockett and AJ and Adam Thielen, who I think he's all better than. Um, so I feel like if people are that down on Keenan Allen, then I feel like you got to go get him. I would even try to talk somebody down to like a second round. To get, and I love Keenan Allen. Um, I was sort of right about him last year, but for the wrong reasons. Because I, <laughs> I thought, like, I I believe in Ty. I'm a fan of Tyrod. I just want to see that dude succeed somewhere. Um, you know, and so I thought, I told myself a story where Tyrod was going to keep his value afloat. Obviously, that didn't happen. Justin Herbert was way better than I thought he was going to be. Um, and I, I still think they're going to let him throw it a lot next year. Uh, so I think that's going to kind of keep Keenan's value afloat. But I think that age thing will scare people off. So mm. I think that's how you I think that's how you sell it. Right. You're like, hey, mm. look, man, the fall off happens at 29. Like you don't want to be stuck left holding the bag. Right. Let me just take him off your hands for mm. a little bit. You know, I'll give you yeah. the second round pick. So maybe you can finesse. Maybe you can finesse Keenan Allen out of somebody for less than a first round pick and still, I'll you know, get yourself a good, good quality player. I would throw you a second and Nicole Harmon since y'all like Nicole Harmon better. Easily, than easily. Um, I'm, I think I'm, I'm trying to, I'm starting to jump off that one, off the really? Nicole Harmon train. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm starting to jump and off the Hollywood that Brown too. Well, I think it's becoming clear that they they drafted him because they thought Tyreek Hill was not going to be playing anymore. He's going to have a suspension. That's what it seems like because I mean he's had two years and they really haven't. He still was getting out snapped and um, by Demarcus Robinson and these other guys out here. So I mean, he might have another chance this year, but like Gabe always says, I'd rather see him do good from somebody else's team. For sure. <laughs> I'll say this: I'm. I think people have talked me into to giving you know Marquise Brown at least one more chance. Um, no, I was I was skeptical. I was skeptical last year, uh, but it, it seems like the Ravens sort of figured out that hey, maybe we should do more than just have this dude run, you know, verts all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Right, because that's all he was doing. It's just like that doesn't really fit. I mean, Lamar can get the ball there, but that's not necessarily like you know the strongest way to use him. And I think mm-hmm. late in the season, the Ravens were like, hey, maybe we should have him do other things, and he was a lot more productive. So if that if that's what happens this year then, you know, I'll stop calling him North Hollywood Brown and stuff like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I missed the, I missed the Hollywood train and I'm going, I think I'm just going to let it keep going. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like to talk bad about my black quarterbacks, but I mean, Lamar, Lamar Jackson can't hit the ocean if he was standing in, at the beach, you know, sometimes. <laughs> and I just can't depend on that. Like to be drafting him that high. That's what I mean. Like to be drafting him in the fifth round, like you putting him out there every week. And I don't think he's a right. every week player at this point. <laughs> Uh, let me see. So you got any more buys? Uh, so I'll give you kind of like a, a combo pack. Um, so cause we all, we all want tight ends. Everybody wants a tight end. So Irv Smith is the name that I came up with originally. Um, the, the price is going up now that Kyle Rudolph isn't in Minnesota anymore. So, uh, that's just something to be aware of. So if, if the price on, on Irv Smith gets a little bit too high for you, uh, I will, I will suggest, Cole Komet um, in Chicago, especially if they get themselves a real quarterback. But the other one uh, to keep an eye on is Dawson Knox in Buffalo. 
Um, because, you know, Josh Allen proved to us last year that he can be a legitimate passer, that he can throw the football effectively. Um, and all these guys, all three of those guys are sort of hitting that, that age, you know, Titans kind of start to pop when they get somewhere between, you know, 24, 25, 26 years old. And all these guys are, are all in that spot. They're all going to get a lot of targets. Komet's going to get a lot of targets. Cause I don't think Jimmy Graham, I don't even, he's not back. I don't think in Chicago. Yeah, so he's gone. Um, so Komet's going to get opportunities there. Uh, we said we talked about Irv Smith. Uh, Dawson Knox is already getting a lot of targets, especially late in the season through the playoffs. They started throwing the ball to Dawson Knox a little bit more. So uh, Smith would be the number one option there for me. But like I said, if the price if the price gets too high, uh, Komet and Dawson Knox are two other names to to keep an eye on. Uh, now to the bad news, man. Who do people have on their team that they should not? Uh, uh, go ahead. No, you, you can go ahead. Oh, I, was, I the, the two names, I got a couple of Saints at the top of the list. Um, and maybe this is fans, and I hate the Saints with every bean in my body. Every oh, year, so you ain't gonna feel, so feel bad about this then. All right, um, yeah, I draft the Saint, they do bad. I drafted Alvin Kamara the year before last, trash. <laughs> I drafted so, Mike Thomas this year, trash. He want to, he want to be a boxer this year. Maybe this is a panic move, but man, I just with so much uncertainty at quarterback in in New Orleans, I I, I feel like this might be the time to sort of get out on Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Um, you know, I talked about that mock draft we did. Thomas fell to the third round, which which shocked me. Um, but I think people are just worried, right? With no Drew Brees, like we saw what happened when Taysom Hill took over. Alvin Kamara's his production just it just cratered. Um, you know, and look, maybe it's Jameis, but maybe it's not. Maybe Jameis goes somewhere else. And then all of a sudden you really are kind of starting over at quarterback. And I don't, um, you know, if, if you're talking about like in a redraft league, you're talking about the asking price for Alvin Kamara being a top five or six pick. I just can't do that. Not knowing who his quarterback is going to be. And I think right now in dynasty, um, you know, if you don't have a guy that, you know, is going to throw him the ball, uh, you know, 80, 90, hundred times a year, um, that production goes way, way down. Same with Michael Thomas. You know, you got you got you got opposing DBs out here calling him Slant Boy on Twitter. <laughs> slant um, guy, slant guy. You know, you like, that's just straight up disrespectful. So um, but if you don't have a quarterback that's just going to throw him the slant all the time, too, like how comfortable do you feel you know, putting him out there each and every week as your wide receiver one? Like I'm, I'm just not about that life right now. We just yeah, I can I can get that. behind it and I mean if I'm if I'm reading what you're saying like you're not really discrediting their talent you're just saying that you know, the situation is be- is yeah. uncertain and right. you, they have that name value to where you can probably still get a pretty hefty return for them yeah. so you know I always treat like I don't treat them like the stock market but you know it's kind of similar like if you can get a whole bunch for this guy like you can sell them high and, and still be good so I definitely I like those names. I think I I, I kind of hold on Thomas Kamara. I can get behind kind of selling because a lot of running back being the top five predicate on the receiving, like you said. But I think with Michael Thomas, you know, like you say, you get a quarterback, he, all his touches may not be five, 10 yards. He may get some 20 yards, so he'll be more efficient <laughs> with, with, with his reception. So I still, it's more of an open window with Michael Thomas where you can kind of hold and see versus Kamara. I mean, if it's Jameis, like if Jameis is the quarterback, right, right. And I, it's I feel differently about it. Because, you know, yeah. Jameis will stand back there and throw them yellow balls and like, I'm, I'm Yes, cool sir. <laughs> Which we love for fantasy, baby. I don't, think, I, think would, I don't think Kamara would be blind. 
He's not blind no more. He got the laces. He comes back crazy. Watch James come back crazy this year. I don't think Kamara will get as many receptions. I think that'll be a more of a boost for the wide receivers going downfield. Uh, we just had a startup draft. Michael Thomas went 4-2 to Los, of course. Your boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got a question. Uh, they say, what would you give up to get Cole commit uh, a mid-third round pick? Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, draft, I guess. That's yeah, about. not a startup. You're talking, not a startup. Like you're, talking, you're talking about a young tight end. No, I'm talking about like in a rookie draft. Like, would you give up a mid third yeah. rookie? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, so you talk, yeah, exactly. You're talking about a young tight end. Um, and look, as much as I like the opportunity, like I like I said, I still want to know who the quarterback's going to be. Um, you know, that will have some impact on it, but the opportunity is going to be there for him. And like here's the thing, Cole Komet was actually pretty good down the stretch. Like, if you look those last few games. When it came to their tight ends, he was getting more snaps, more targets, more catches, all of that. The problem is Jimmy Graham kept scoring all the touchdowns. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I was going out here on, on Fantasy Live and the podcast and Twitter and telling people, like, go get Cole Komet. Go get Cole. And every week, like, Jimmy Graham would have more points because he would score. Like, he'd have, like, two catches for 10 yards and a touchdown. And so, like, all the – it was it got hard to kind of convince people because the, the, the production didn't necessarily show. But I'm like, the opportunity is great. And so now if Graham's not there, uh, hopefully some of those touchdowns end up going Komet's way. I, go ahead. I think uh, a mid-third is a little too cheap for him, actually. I don't think you can come to my door with a mid-third for Cole Komet. Did I just hype him up too much? Yeah, after that, after that. that, that. Then, then you didn't hear me say any of that. Then. <laughs> Who want to go next with this? With that? Let's go, Javon. Who you got as a sale? Well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the same team right now. I'm gonna try to, I'm trying to sell this as best as possible. I'm not saying move on for this guy. I'm trying to tell you, sell him for his worth right now because I don't think he will get back to being top five, especially if he moves the team. And this guy is Aaron Jones. Let's go. Let's get out of town, Aaron Jones. Aaron. <laughs> like, this is connected to your buy, right? Like, you're trying to, like, <laughs> oh, my God, you're proving Gabe right, bro. Come like, on, man. Like, you, oh, my God. You, like, you like sell RVs? You sell RVs on the side, too? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> sell salt to a slug. You know, I'm out <laughs> All right. No, but what I'm really saying is I still think he's going to be a productive, productive guy. But running backs, after they sign a big deal, they the production usually dips on. And it's usually uh, because of, you know, once you get that running back, you're spending that money on them, you want to take care of them. So they lessen this load a little bit. He's not going to get as as many touches. He's not going to get, you know, they're going to get as many carries. And this has happened to multiple running backs after they're signed a big bonus because the team is like they want to take care of them. And they, they don't play for a couple of years, and they usually have a guy back up that can play. Uh, let's break up some guys. Marshawn Lynch. He uh the before his year he had he had uh 283 carries, played 16 games, had 317 fantasy points. The following year he had 76 carries and only played seven games after he signed his big bonus. And this was predicated because he got injured. But we can go to guys like Devontae Freeman. He had a huge drop off after signing his bonus. Um the year before, he had 257 touches and played 15 games. He had 343 fantasy points, whereas the year after, he had 182 uh, touches and played 14 games and only had 232 fantasy points. We can even go down to Ty Gurley, David Johnson, and even Ezekiel Elliott. Their drop-off wasn't as huge as the other two guys, 
they were more than like of 30, 40 fantasy points, but they still got less carries and receptions. Therefore, this is just something to look out for. So if you do get a sweet deal for Aaron Jones, just go ahead and take it because I, I don't believe he's going to be top five again. So right now you can get that top five return back for him far as, as, as far as you wait because we can even – I can even break up another guy, Melvin Gordon. He even took a year off. And he's he's had a productive year, but he's not going back to Melvin Gordon to the Chargers before we knew him. And and it's just a following trend. Once a running back signs that big deal, they don't really get that much usage. And so all I'm saying is he still can be a top 15 back, even flirt with running back one numbers. I'm still concerned about his touches. The team that signed him will want to keep their, their new shiny Porsche clean, untouched, and, and, you know, ready to go. So just something to watch out for. He won't be top five next year. Before you so, go, Marcus, before you go, Marcus. Real, real quick, I was, was going to ask you a question. Okay. Do you have any concern that A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones might sort of cannibalize each other? That, like, you know, that Dillon will get – he'll get a, he'll get enough touches to mess up Aaron Jones's year, but not enough to be great and vice versa? If there – I just think um, – I, I, Yeah, but I think Aaron Jones would still be a usable running back one if he's still in Green Bay just because – uh, he's going to get those receptions and those carries follows as well. Well, we go to Dylan. He's just going to get the carries and probably savage him a couple times at the goal line. All right. Javard failed to mention Le'Veon Bell. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, we've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Another thing, LeVar, Javard literally is, was in love with Le'Veon Bell, trying to tell everybody he could for years to go get Le'Veon Bell. But he didn't want to mention that, but we'll go. So it's funny because so last year, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't suggest in Dynasty going to get Le'Veon Bell, but I, I really thought that he still had a little something left in the tank. Um, you know, and I was like, I want to see him get traded from the Jets because I just want to see him come back to our fantasy lives a little bit. So then he does get out of New York. And he goes to Kansas City. And I watched him a couple of games and I'm like, oof, Ooh. man. I mean, he just, it looked like he was running in cement. And I'm like, mm, yeah. maybe it's a wrap. And then the best part was, I don't know if you guys saw at the end of the year, he said part of the reason he went to Kansas City was he's like, I just want to go to a place where I wasn't going to get like a heavy workload, where I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to worry yeah. about getting a whole lot of touches and getting hit a whole lot. And I was like, yeah, you should have you should have let us know this like a couple months ago. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, you know, still draft me, you know, come, come through. <laughs> right? Like if you had told me that a couple months ago, I would have been like, all right, well, I'll just leave it alone then. <laughs> he got like uh, like multiple 400 plus touches in uh years in uh Pittsburgh, I want to say. In Pittsburgh. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean mm-hmm. he's not old, but in running back years, he he's pretty old. I mean, them touches add up pretty quick. Quick story. Uh, you know. And in, in, uh, my one of my dynasty startups, I took it was like two years ago. I took Devontae Freeman, then he got hurt, and then Bailey he wanted to sit out, crush my whole team. I've been rebuilding ever since, man. So <laughs> <laughs> that was his first year playing dynasty, too. Oh, Good, quick yeah, question from the man scooped up all that value that year, man. Quick question somebody in the comments, I don't understand it, but they say keep two Thielen, Lamb, Claypool, Connor. Hunt in Hollywood. So keep two. I would say Lamb for sure. Uh huh. Yes, for sure. Lamb for sure. Lamb and I like Hunt. I would probably. It's either it's either Claypool or Hollywood. I'd probably say Hollywood right now. Um, just because you know 
even even you know, notwithstanding your thoughts about Lamar, I would I would take Lamar over Ben if I'm yeah. picking between the quarterbacks. I want Lamar over Ben, so I'd say you know Ceedee Lamb because I wouldn't be surprised if Ceedee Lamb outscores Amari Cooper this year, um, as long as Dak stays healthy. Oh, uh, and then and then Hollywood. So yeah, I think I think those are the two. All right, man. Let's get on to uh, Los. Go ahead and get yourselves out of here. <laughs> All right, so my sell is going to be David Montgomery, running back for the Chicago Bears. Um, right now in Dynasty Startups, he's going at 312, the 18th running back off the board. So many people believe that he broke out last year, and he did to an extent. Just to give you some of his numbers, he finished fourth and a half PPR scoring, sixth in rush yards, 12th in yards at the contact per attempt, um, fourth in avoided tackles per attempt. He also receiving wise finished fifth in targets among running backs and third in receiving yards. And that's where I think the selling point comes in. I don't believe he will be able to replicate that in 2021 because, you know, it's been a year. I don't know if people forgot, but Tariq Cohen tore his ACL in week three of last year. So that pretty much left Montgomery. Um, I think they had, what was it? Ryan Nall that they had back there and like uh, Cordell Patterson. So he, he had no competition last year. So, with him coming back, if you remember the previous two years, Cohen averaged 98 targets per year. I think he had 104 one year and 91 to, uh, last year. So it's going to be kind of hard to imagine them just going away from him when he's healthy. Um, the other part of that is down the stretch last year, Montgomery had a really nice schedule. Super um, nice. Super nice. He had a super – look, props to him because he took advantage of it. You know, some, some guys have a nice schedule and they don't do anything with it. So he took advantage of it, but I think – between Cohen coming back and the schedule maybe not being so favorable, that that has me out on Montgomery. Exactly. So I'm not saying to just sell him for nothing. I mean, I do believe in his talent, but I just I think he's a perfect dynasty sell because people might see that number four finish, that young age, and they might not realize, like Marcus said, that cake schedule they had down the stretch last year, and they might not realize how much Cohen being out may have spiked his fantasy finish. So if um, you can get somebody like CEH who had a down year last year, Gibson or Mixon who also had a down year because he was injured for half of the year, plus something else, I am totally fine with doing that. I would do that any day of the week. So real quick, how do you guys feel about CEH this year? I, I, I'm, I'm, still I'm a buyer. Fan. I'm still a buyer. I'm, I'm, on the right now. I, I'm not buying them right now. I'm kind of worried about like they pass too much in their offense. They want the ball more home hand at all times, so I'm kind of worried about CEH at the moment. I'm sort of like I haven't, I haven't decided because I feel like so I feel like last year, um, he was a victim of our elevated expectations that like we like we got so hyped on him and so like when he didn't live up and he had that yeah, the first game he actually played really well, uh, he didn't score a touchdown mm-hmm. but he had good yardage numbers we got all hyped and then like he didn't really come close to that the rest of the year. So we were like, oh, this this sucks. So I feel like, you know, it wasn't anything he did wrong. It was just that we had too much excitement about him. Mm-hmm. The other thing that worries me about him is Damian Williams is probably coming back next year. You know, he took last year off because of COVID. Um, and I think, I think the plan was always to kind of have those two guys be in a little bit of a rotation. And so like, I just wonder, um, does that, does that eat into some of CEH's touches? I mean, you know, I think they tried it with Lev Bell and Lev ended up being washed. So, it's, but I don't think Damian Williams is washed. So that I haven't, I have not decided how I feel about CEH right now. And one more thing, I'm kind of that old line was kind of suspect. You know, Mahomes well, ran they had injuries too, too. That didn't help, right? So, 
Yeah, I, I just think uh, a lot of people got like just we, we remember Kareem Hunt's historic. Well, I want to I don't know if it was historic or not, but it was a great rookie year, and they were looking at the draft pedigree of Ceh. You know, going to that same team, and then when Damian Williams opted out, everybody was like, "Okay, yeah, this is it." Right. That's what that's what it got out of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just think I don't, I just don't think they unleashed him just yet, man. Because I don't think they like his biggest like um, plus positive last year was his receiving ability, and they really didn't use him as a receiver last year. So with the off season, a full off season under his belt this um, year. Um, you know, another year of a ex- uh, year of NFL experience. I think that he can definitely improve on what he did last year. And he wasn't a bum last year. He just didn't no. you know, just come to our expectations. That's so, what I'm saying. It's like our expectations were crazy for him. Mm-hmm. So who you draft him be- before then? Before CEH? No, no. Uh, who, like who, CEH, who you draft in CEH before other players? Oh, geez. I think um, I would put him ahead of – like well, definitely David Montgomery. Um, I think he's he's definitely ahead of him. I would say, like I think you kind of get into that gray area with, you know, he's right around Kareem Hunt. Oh, I might take Hunt ahead of him. Um, where am I going? Uh, I mean, you got like Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake. Okay, we uh, as long as he's out the Miles Sanders, I can agree with you. Like I, after know, I like Miles Sanders. Those I like players, not like Miles Sanders, but no, 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 I like I, I like Miles Sanders. Um, you know, and and I, I think it's gonna be interesting. Like if they start doing like RPOs with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders, like Ooh. giddy up, <laughs> giddy up. So we'll see. Me and Lowe's literally had a whole like heated argument about Hunt and Ceh. Uh, who was gonna be better? Who had the better? Who's gonna have a better rookie year? It was crazy. Yeah, after that first game, it was looking like I was winning, no boy. <laughs> it ended up not being close, but yeah, after week one, after week one, yeah. it was a conversation. But uh, uh, we also we also had a heated discussion about Mixon versus Gurley, but you know, whatever. That was just <laughs> he had Gurley. That was just empty rhetoric for no reason. I mean, that was just yeah, that was a pillow fight, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> we were literally fighting over who had more yards per carry three, and we were talking about three point three and three point four. Now you were talking about touchdowns. Like you said that yeah. Gurley was going to finish ahead of him because he had let me get touchdown. my let me get my sleeper off, man. Let me all right, all right. It was you you started, started, bro. Bro. where Joe Mixon was like feet per carry, like it wasn't even yards per carry. He was like, about Thank you. <laughs> I won. That just solidified. No, you know you didn't. All right, man. Let me get into my sleeper. So we were on the running back train. I wanted to ask you, would you take uh CEH over Josh Jacobs in a dynasty to start up? Because that's my that's my sale right now. Probably not. Yeah. It's close. Probably not. I, I, here's the thing. I'm not in love with Josh Jacobs. Like I think, you know, I think he's about peaked. Like I think he's pretty close to his ceiling. Um, but I think you know, again, Damian Williams coming back, I think sort of eats into Ceh's production. There's there's nobody in Vegas that that's going to share time with Josh Jacobs. So at least he's kind of got that going for him. Uh, uh, so he's currently going. Um, well, let me see where he's going. That's not where I want to start. Anyway, he finished last year uh, averaging 13.2 uh, fantasy points per game, and he finished as a running back eighth, uh, but he failed to get over 8.9 uh, points in half PPR league six out of the 15 games he uh, played, and he only rushed for 100 yards last year twice. Um, he finished with 273 touches, uh, or rushes, that is, and over a little bit over a 1,000-yard mark and 
12 touchdowns. He had those big three touchdown games. If everybody remember where he went crazy with the, you know, about Jacobs, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, three 33 targets, 45 attempts, uh, only 238 yards. He was drafted last year at the end of the first round in Dynasty startup drafts. Uh, the seventh running back off the board before running backs like uh, Derrick Henry, the, the King, uh, Aaron Jones. Jonathan Taylor and James Robinson, but of course nobody knew about James Robinson, but all these people that finished over him. Uh, 2021, he's going in the third round, um, the 13th running back overall above people like uh, Austin Eckler, James Robinson again, and Antonio Gibson, who I feel like are all three are better than him and will have a higher finish than him. Um, We've seen it like back-to-back years now. Um, he went up 13 receptions from last year. He had 20 his first year, uh, 33 this year. But we've seen it. They're not going to try to give him the ball. They're trying to. Pretty, they they have showed that they're going to give us anybody that they can to possibly catch the ball out of the backfield. The Lynn Bowden thing didn't work out, you know what I mean? But they tried. They 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 Jalen Richardson. Did, did they know? They is. traded him for yeah, That's what I'm saying. Did they? Did they? They drafted him though. They drafted him with purposes right. of him being in the backfield. You know. Right. Um, I just think like. Um, you know what I'm saying? He's a running back eight, quote unquote, this year. But if you had him on your team, you didn't feel that running back eight power. So if you can sell him at a running back eight price right now, you know what I mean? I feel like this is as high as he's going to get because I feel like he's going to be the same running back and um, he's not going to get the pass catchers and he's not Derrick Henry. And I don't think that offense is going to look good unless they get Deshaun Watson. Now, they get Deshaun Watson, but I feel like as long as they have Derrick Carr out there, that offense is going to be pretty mundane. You know what I'm saying? That's just his role. It's, if it's, they get Deshaun Watson, I'm, I'm I'm way in on Henry Ruggs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. I like Rugs. I like Ruggs's talent. I just don't think he fits in that offense with with Derek Carr at quarterback. But if we're mm-hmm. talking about Deshaun Watson there, then then Henry Ruggs has like he's got Will Fuller type potential. Like, so, sure. yeah. so do you think um, you don't think Raiders going to try to get a free agent wide receiver out there? I don't know. Um, it's weird, like. The Raiders and Derek Carr, they're like that weird couple that should probably just break up, but for whatever reason, they stay together. Mm-hmm. Like, and like everybody looks at them and it's like, yeah, like you're not a terrible couple, but you probably both could do better, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. Um, but, but they kind of stick together. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they, they do need somebody because I don't think Ruggs is a fit. I liked Brian Edwards, but he was pretty much hurt most of the year mm-hmm. last year. They just, let go, they just let go of Tyrell Williams, who signed in Detroit. Um, you know, like I, I love Nelson. Look, I'm, I'll ride for my USC guy, so I love Nelson Aguilar, but like you, you just can't live with him as your number one receiver. You just yeah. can't. So like, they got to figure something out there. I, um, I know we got to get out of here, man. I wanted to ask you one, uh, maybe a couple questions before we get out of here. Yeah. Um, what would you tell somebody that's uh that's starting or the one to be like following your footsteps or in the podcast and the, the reporting game or you know what I'm saying just what would you tell them? Um one, I think you know, just from a technical standpoint, or just take advantage of all the technology and that you got it in at your fingertips. Like, you know, when I when I was coming out of college and wanting to get into broadcasting and that sort of thing, like it was a lot harder. Like you had to, you really had to find jobs or find internships and stuff that would let you do it. Like the internet was not uh, as big a thing. We certainly didn't have social media then. So like now between, you know, Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and Periscope and like all these different ways to kind of get your stuff out there. Like there's, it, it just gives you more opportunities to work on your craft. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like anything, man, just reps, reps help. Um, so that's a big part of it. The other part is, I think in terms of, 
you know, if you're trying to do like stuff in the fantasy industry, the fantasy sports industry, um, it is, it is a growing, growing community. Um, it's great to see more folks who look like me doing it because there weren't a whole lot when I started this thing 10 seasons ago. Um, but everybody for the most part is very engaging and very welcoming. So just, you know, especially on Twitter and stuff, be a part of the conversation. Um, just try to make those connections and like make those connections and make them genuinely like, you know, get into the conversation and talk to people like they are actually people. Like I am a lot more willing to engage with folks who actually talk to me like a person instead of like some sort of fantasy advice ATM. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, like, I, um, so like have those conversations, like, you know, like don't, when, when a topic comes up, don't be the person who just immediately jumps in with like a link to your work in like your podcast, like, you know, sure. talk yeah. to them like human beings. And I think that will kind of get you in that conversation that will get people to kind of look at your work a lot more. Um, so just that. And like I said, just getting reps in, man, uh, any way you can, you know, make, make your mistakes. Uh, you know, I know everybody wants their podcast to get a million downloads and be seen by a million people, but, um, you know, uh, make your mistakes when there aren't as many people watching too. So that, that definitely helps. Mm -hmm. Uh, and one more question before we get out of here, man. I seen like uh, you was a big cartoon guy, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying, growing up in video games, and et cetera, et cetera. What's your favorite cartoon of all time? Like if you had just a whole day, no kids, no nothing, and you could just watch TV, a series like binge it. Um, Man, that's a really tough call. Uh, it's funny, too, because I have a kid now. My, my son's about to turn two in a few weeks, um, and I keep trying right. to get him to like watch different things with me, and he's like, whatever man <laughs> not, yet, um, not yet not yet um man it would probably be here's the thing i would probably go old school and just like go start binging on like old bugs bunny cartoons or something like that um I thought going marvel like you know it's funny i think he was x-men or something that you know what that x-men that that marvel x-men cartoon was one of the greatest that Classic. like the, the superhero cartoons that are great were that one um batman the animated series um that was amazing too the one with that had mark hamill as the voice of the joker um those were great like more more recent stuff like you know some like more adult type cartoons like rick and morty i could watch yeah. rick and morty all day so um, underrated rick and morty is great um yeah. it was funny. i was i remember like watch i'd watched a couple seasons of it and somebody was just like so wait is there are they just making fun of back to the future and it never occurred to me that like yeah, it's yeah. totally a back to the future yeah, spoof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, wow, nobody's asked me that question. Like, I never thought about it. That's deep because like there are so many ways I could go with that. Yeah, so it's funny. I I watch I mean I watch One Piece still. Like I think I'm on episode like 985 or something like that. Like I watch all of that, but like we're just talking about like my favorite go-tos that I go back to all the time. Um I think my favorites, it's a toss-up between uh, either Samurai Champloo or um, Cowboy Bebop, which is funny. Like the, it, it took me a couple of of watches to kind of latch on to Bebop, and then like the most mm -hmm. recent time I watched it, I was like, "What was I on? Like, why didn't I just love this right away?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, it just finally clicked. Oh, I guess so. Um, it was like, the, but the third time I watched it through, I was like, "What was wrong with me? Like, I should have mm -hmm. been on that." Uh, and then like you know, we're talking about like old school, like Neon Genesis Evangelion um is one that like, I, I like i watch late at night when nobody else is like when i'm up by myself um because <laughs> like i'm sure that you know like it's it's way too advanced and too old for my kid and like my fiance doesn't care so so <laughs> i can't watch it like i watch that when i'm up at late night by Naruto? yeah you know it's funny I, I watched it for a while and then they went through a part they went through like three years 
it seemed like where it was just like filler episodes. Like they just got away from the main storyline. It was just filler episodes. And then, so I just kind of fell off. Google. And so like now, like now he's got a kid, right? It looks like they got like Boruto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. You go to Google, find all the fillers, skip them. I, 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 that's what I need to do. I watched a couple of uh, the Naruto and it was like, man, this is like three episodes where he's like, did he do the, Oh yeah, no, no. Oh my god, They will talk trash for like three weeks and then finally fight. And I'm like, let's get to it already. It is, right? But like, yeah, especially if you're just getting into it, you're probably like, why don't they just fight already? Man, we want to thank you. A uh, special, uh, another thank you for uh, helping us with the uh, session takeover tournament. Man, that was big of us. Um, of course, we like you said, man. There's not a lot of people that look like us out here, so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do it. And then uh, we had to do something. You know what I'm saying? To 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 bring you know what I'm saying, awareness to you know what I'm saying, and the best way we could. You know what I'm saying? And we want to thank you for that, reaching out and helping us out with that. I and, appreciate you guys so, uh, uh, in there, man. Yeah, man, and hopefully you can come back next year. Maybe you when uh, the the winner is backstage right now. He the producer, low key, uh, <laughs> when he show up or whatever. But uh, man, we want to give you a, a special thank you, man. We know you got to get out of here, and we're gonna go ahead and end the episode like that. Anybody else got anything? Thank you, Marcus G, for coming on, man. It was an honor to talk fantasy football with you, man. Um, good luck this upcoming year, man. Same to you guys, man. Appreciate it. Uh, keep doing what you do, man. Um, you know. I, I always like connecting with new folks, man. So uh, I, I, I thank you guys for thank you guys for following what I do and, uh, and, and invite me on your show. Hey, man, you're a friend of the show. Anytime you want to come back, round of applause. <laughs> uh, hey, we out, man.